coming up on Smash That Glass. But I think if my neighbours heard, they might think it was a different type of power tool that was on the go. It's gone! It has the gym, it has the gyms. Can't imagine a more beautiful thing! You gotta fight your Battenberg! that glass a celebration of the women that get shit done in music entertainment pop culture and history i'm your host candy machine and i'm here with acid pearl oi oi jupiter storm savaloi and super natty cat hello hello how have we all been good finally it's uh christmas is over and done with and we're in the new year it's a new year how's it 2023 already actual january loads of witchy stuff has happened to me (gasps) oh i was outside and uh, i was doing something i was keeping myself busy and uh suddenly a big crow was above me in the tree corked really really loudly and i was like oh it caught my attention as it caught my attention i looked up and i saw this big fat bird um this really dark bird um suddenly looked down and there was a black cat running towards me and i went oh i'm a witch Oh, no. Snow White. <laughs> yeah, were they helping you do your bathroom? Do my bathroom? Yeah. Yeah. Like Disney Disney pets. Oh, Disney animals help you do your washing up and stuff. No, it's our na- it's our neighbour's cat. We don't know its name, but we call him Sexy Black Cat. And uh, yeah, he was just running through our garden like he usually does, probably just shit in our bushes. I have been. I So... I'm not allowed to call it a New Year's resolution, according to my therapist. So my not New Year's resolution was to give my flat a massive clean. And I've done my bathroom today. It's sparkling. But I got this new tool and I'm so excited. And... Whoa, 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 whoa. Is the toilet fixed? <laughs> no, don't be daft. <laughs> but that is on the agenda, though. That is on the agenda. It's so on the agenda. <laughs> Actually, it was nice to go away and have a fully working toilet. I came back and I'm like, I've been absolutely slumming it. I feel like now you've had that luxury, you've I can't got live no without. excuse. Once no. you go flush, you don't go... <laughs> no flush. No flush. <laughs> anyway, that didn't work. But um, my bathroom's absolutely sparkly. I've got a new tool I treated myself over Christmas. And I keep wanting to say it's a sonic screwdriver, but it's not. It's my sonic scrubber. And it's basically just like a giant electric toothbrush. It is amazing. My grouting has never sparkled as much. Although I've, it's, it is quite loud. I think if my neighbours heard, they might think it was a different type of power tool that was on the go. <laughs> Best thing for cleaning a bathroom, in my opinion, is cream cleaner. I hated it when I was a kid. My mum always bought it. I thought it was really old fashioned. Like, we always had to do the cleaning in my house, I've so got... I hated using it. It was really messy, but it is that and the pink stuff. The pink stuff, pink I've got the Yeah, I like the pink stuff. Honestly, it's so sad. I get so excited. It leaves like a chalky residue afterwards, so you've got to like rinse properly. Well, see, this is where the sonic screwdriver comes in, because you get that electric toothbrush, and it gets all the grouting, and then you give it a wash down. Fucking absolutely sparkling. And also, yeah. it can double up for when you're walking around Disney. <laughs> Oh, yeah, so... We came up with an invention. We came up with an invention. And you'll notice it next time. Like, if you're ever walking around... (laughs) I suppose and I were walking around Disney on the most date-like not-date that we've ever been on. She proposed to me as well during the fireworks. I actually proposed at the Star Wars fireworks. Her (laughs) favourite Star Wars. Made a ring out of... Made a ring out of um, tissue and everything. It looked like an onion ring. (laughs) But anyway, you know when you've been, it's like quite a warm day and you've been walking around for a while and you get the old bum sting. Like the, you know, you just got like, you just want to like have a little itch. Itchy bum when you're walking around. Now, what you need is a toothbrush. Like that is going to scratch that itch perfectly. (laughs) Get the arse brush. So, so you don't just give yourself like a wedgie and let that deal with it. No, because that doesn't cut it. It it doesn't get it. It's not, you really have to get up there. (laughs) (laughs) That's a deep itch. (laughs) <laughs> so yeah i mean i guess the sonic scrubber will although i probably wouldn't recommend it because i wouldn't recommend it for cleaning your teeth either We're like it's quite powerful <laughs> i really want a demonstration you're gonna have to send me one 
Oh, I will. I'm, honestly, I'm proud to show off this Sonic Sonic scrubber screwdriver. Amazing. Absolutely, absolutely <laughs> bee's knees. But um, yeah. Other than that, like resolution wise, I'm I'm really good. Like at the beginning of the year, I'm really good at making resolutions and thinking, yeah, I'll stick to it. And by the time February comes round, even if it's something that I'm enjoying, I'm just not. I just don't do it. And I don't know why I always drop off. So if anyone's got like a cure for not dropping off your... Re- Has anyone had a successful resolution ever? No. I need to know the trick. But I feel like... I want to say it's like, don't be too hard on yourself, isn't it? But then I've already given up as soon as I've said that. Well, that's the Just thing. Like, your, yeah. Maybe be more hard on yourself. Be more, dude, that's our problem, isn't it? Maybe that's the issue. But I did... Well, no, I did... This is not true. Uh, I did not come up with this. I came up in joint with this with my... Uh, with my therapist, yes, I'm one of those people now. I see a therapist, but because he know he's about my age, and he is also a gamer, so which is perfect because he kind of understands where I'm coming from. And we came up with this with a system which I've put into place this year, and every day, and I've fine tuned this. I want to say he just came up with a suggestion. I'd done the legwork on this one. Every day I've got it's essentially it's like a to do list. So my to-do list for the day is side quests. And then throughout the year, I've got my main quest. So what I'm doing is for every side quest that I do, and my side quest today was clean the bathroom, pick up something, go drop some boxes, boring stuff. And I get 10 XP for checking those off. And I've got it on my phone so I can actually check it off because there's it gives you a little dopamine fix when you just check something off a list. And then, so that's 10 XP each. And then my main quest would be something like carry on learning 3D or do something crafty. Because what I want to do really is learn 3D like I started last year and I was quite successful at it last year. But for whatever reason, I dropped off it. And I think what that was was because I took on a project that I really enjoyed. (laughs) No, that's not true. I really enjoyed the end result because I got it done. But getting there was a slog and I learned a lot, but I also learned that it was a lot more difficult than I'd thought. And I saw a really good graph online as well. And it started off like when you're when you're learning something, I know nothing about this. And then you learn a little bit. I know everything about this. And then you learn a little bit more. You go right back to the bottom again. It's like, I think there's a little bit more to this than I initially mm. thought. So it was a case of that. And um yeah, I just dropped off for no reason, and I could all all I needed to do really was to go back and do something simpler, and I would have got my mojo back with it. But I didn't. I just I just sort of dropped off it. So I really want to carry on with the three D and learning that. So that's that's my main quest. So like to get more XP, my main I'm gonna try and do something maybe for a couple of hours on my main quest every evening. But the way I'm doing it is for every for every ten XP, I'm giving myself fifty P to put towards a 3D oh. printer. So today, with my with my jobs I said before, so what have we got? 20, 20, 40, 50. I've got 60 XP. So I've got three pounds to put towards my 3D printer. So that's That's how, such a good idea. Yeah, so that's trying how I'm trying to kind of figure it out in my head. So you've got like the, the little dopamine fix as you're doing things that you really should be doing because I'm a fucking adult. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to use that one myself, to be fair. But this is why I don't want to go to therapy. Cause no, I just don't want don't to do want it. To do it. <laughs> I just can't help myself. I'm so bad. But I totally get like the hobby thing. Like just everything. I have like literally just drawers full of hobbies, and I just start. Just and I but I don't want to start doing the little things. I want to make. I want to make this thing. You know, like I started crocheting, and I'm like, I don't want to do squares. I want to make a dog hat. I want to make so many hats for my dogs, and then I can't do it, and then I just lose interest. I think the trouble is, the trouble is though on YouTube, it's you see the successful attempts, and you see it takes. You know, you see a water, not a watered down, a, like a compressed video, and you see the final image in a half an hour what you don't see is them fucking it up 15 times a row or putting it away for three weeks and not even looking at it you just see the final video and you think well that's easy they did it with no problems and you just don't see the stress and toil that goes into it and i think you just have to be patient don't you and it's hard to it's hard to be patient when you see videos online 
of them getting everything right. But you just have to remember they've probably fucked it. They wouldn't they wouldn't be able to do it as easily as they do if they hadn't fucked up. Like on this country, the great Mister Kipling wouldn't have got his <laughs> um, French fancies without first fucking up his Battenberg. <laughs> Which is so true, but it's it is so hard when you're in that mindset and you see like this great everything great and you're like ah you gotta fuck up why, your Battenberg but, first yeah, you gotta fuck your Battenberg not literally <laughs> don't fuck the Battenberg <laughs> Pip do you have any not not resolutions but there are resolutions I'd say this year is probably my first year in a very very long time that I've decided not to have one. I know what I want to do with the year, I know what I want to achieve, but I'm not putting a resolution on it because what I find is it's it's an it's one of those things where you've got your resolution, but as soon as you fall off it, people go, oh, well, it's broken now and mm. uh, I'm off it and I don't have to get back on it. It's like a wagon that leaves without you if you fall off it. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is shift my mindset from the kind of on-off mindset but i'm trying to um get healthy lose weight tackle some eating issues that i've got and uh, just generally live a healthier happier life and in doing that i'm um find myself kind of having this mentality of you know i'm gonna eat really healthy i'm gonna do lots of exercise i'm gonna you know stop snacking this stuff and put this in replace and you just make all these promises in your head to completely overhaul the way that you live <laughs> you know i'm terrible i don't have breakfast that kind of stuff and you make all of these high expectations and then as soon as you don't succeed with all of those high expectations um everything goes to shit and and you just go oh well i'm not gonna bother i can't seem to stick to it and it just you end up carrying this big rucksack of guilt mm -hmm. because you keep failing or you keep not meeting these incredibly high expectations that you put for yourself so instead of it being like i'm on the wagon i'm off the wagon uh i'm trying to think of it as each good decision is one step forward mm. each bad decision is one step back well that was a really good way of putting it as you said before like the wagon doesn't roll off without you just because you fall off like that's yeah. a really really good way of thinking about it because it is, it is easily well i fucked up now so there's no point carrying on when actually just mm. give yourself I... a few days and then get back to it and what have you lost a couple of days yeah i'm trying to uh, i also go to a therapist and it's all very new as well past like two months uh but something that's really stuck with me is we were talking about um child brain adult brain parent brain that's exactly and what I think we, we talk about <laughs> yeah i think it's pretty common for therapists yeah. they like talking about it but i often have that in my head so if i'm struggling with something say if i have a bad day maybe i've had a stressful day at work and i reach for the vices that you know, I tend to reach for to make me feel comfortable after a long day, either to soothe me, calm me, distract me, or um, indulge me. Those are my vices after a hard day at work. And what I'm trying to do on those days is my child brain wants it. That You know, she wants that vice. My parent is saying, no, it's a school night, you can't have that. Or no, you're going to be off the diet and then, you know, it all goes to shit. That's my parent brain just going, no, you can't have it, no, you can't have it. And my adult brain going, okay, it was a really stressful day. It's still right at the beginning of the new year. Um, and I'm still very much at the beginning of this. And just my adult brain saying, okay, you can have this little vice, but you can have a, a fraction of it. So if you tend, if I tend to reach out for like a whole cigarette, I decide to have a few puffs and I'll get rid of it, mm. you know? Um, or if I really want some chocolate and I'm really struggling to like not go for the chocolate, I'll just break off a little piece, uh, and, and, and take it in now that's very easy to, easily said than done most of the time i just bring the whole bar and eat the whole lot but i don't sit i'm trying not to sit there and be really guilty about it i'm trying to tell myself okay that was a bad decision but i'm only one step yeah. back i'm not back to the back to the start and oftentimes with resolutions people will quite commonly set themselves like a, a healthy eating resolution for example and the second you fall off it you think oh that's it that's my excuse now i don't have to bother yeah and I'm back to square one. Well, it's not. You've done, you know, like you say, mid-February. You've done six weeks of really, really good work. One bad decision is not going to undo all of that. Mm. You just, um, you've got to think about why you set that resolution and and keep walking forwards. And that's what I keep imagining. I'm trying to put my brain in the, I'm walking forwards, not running after a wagon that's going at full speed. And I've got to stay on it. Because yeah. that's the imagery I get. When people say off the wagon, I think of a rickety old wagon pulled by a horse and me falling off it and watching it go off in the distance and 
that's a weird mentality to have whereas thinking of myself walking down a little yellow brick road and like one step back two steps forward that kind of shit oh i love that yeah i think you're right as well you just you can't be too you can be strict with yourself but don't be spiteful to yourself and don't be harsh about it it's also a really hard time of year anyway with diet culture this this january mm. month sucks like everyone comes in everyone talks about it, and sometimes you just don't want to hear it do you just and like you know we're all doing it in our own way and we're all trying to be healthier or whatever and everyone like anyone you speak to and then you just constantly like oh you shouldn't eat that or oh i haven't eaten this and this and this because of this and it's just so hard because sometimes like are you judging me like are you bringing me <laughs> yeah, into your story exactly. or like it is really and tough, facebook as well all you get is fucking noom adverts yeah, as well diet adverts and do this. it's like you don't have to go on a diet you try noom I grew up in the 90s. I um, have a terrible experience with like 90s diet culture. I was like, I wasn't a fat kid, but I was a, I was a chubby kid. Um, and I remember my mother sending me to school once with like Slim Fast in my lunchbox and I was like Aww. eight years old. And like everyone else opened their lunchboxes to find like sandwiches and crisps and fruit and chocolate bar. And I opened mine, it was literally a Slim Fast like carton. Aww. And, um, I think a, a lot of the yeah. time as well, when it's family, um, they're not. It's a reflection on them, mm -hmm. so they don't want you to lose weight because you'll be healthier. They want you to lose weight because they don't want to be seen as the person that has a fat kid or a fat relative. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think you know, there's there's quite a lot of that that goes round. And when you're a child, you don't see it that way necessarily. You just think you're doing something bad or you need to be punished and you've got this horrible lunch compared to everyone else because you've got a slightly bigger body. And I think, mm. you know, parents as well, they need to remember, especially when you're a teenager, I do not know one teenager who has grown consistently upwards and outwards at the same time. It tends to be they will sprout up and be absolute string beans for a few years or they will sprout outwards and they'll be bigger than everyone else for a few years. And then they'll get get the growth spurt upwards or outwards, and it all it all evens out in the wash. So to even consider making suggestions about somebody's weight who's not fully developed, and when fully developed, I mean like twenty one, twenty two, because you know you still see t like early tweens that are still bean poles, mm. and you can tell that they're not fully developed. But so to make a comment or a suggestion, if they're not drastically over or underweight and obviously there's going to accept be exceptions because you know you, if somebody is obese or if somebody is very very underweight then they do need help but if it's just something in slightly one direction or the other just shut the fuck up yeah you mm -hmm. know they don't need suggestions they don't need comments they don't need so-called encouragement it will probably even out in the wash and if it doesn't it's up to them to do something about it whether they want to or not I'm a firm believer in lead by example. As someone who has struggled with their weight their entire life, um, and people and well-meaning family members who pull me aside and have a conversation about, you know, I'm worried about your weight, I'm worried about your health. They're, one, that's two different things. Health and weight are f two separate things. You could be skinny and unhealthy. You can be overweight and healthy. I, I understand that um, being overweight is an unhealthy thing, but it might be that I'm dealing with something else. And something that a lot of people forget to consider is that oftentimes excess weight is not necessarily the product of, in most places, significant excess weight, sorry, is oftentimes not the product of someone who is happy or who has had an easy, happy life, in my experience anyway. So um, people who, comment on weight and, and, and make assumptions about people's weight, I would ask them to stop and consider why someone has, their body has gotten to that point. We all have our vices, we all have our things to lean on. And um, oftentimes I think about my excess weight is me carrying my kind of trauma and baggage because every time I've been upset, I've eaten. And then that, yeah. that food goes onto my body and then I carry that trauma around with me every day. I can't just leave it at home and go to the shops without it. I have to carry it everywhere I go. Um, so when I explain it to people, I often say my weight is kind of the last thing in the domino stack. Like I need to go further back. What is the reason for it? Why do I struggle to address it? Why do I struggle to live a happy, healthy life? 
um, what, what am I getting from food that I should be getting from healthier sources? Um, and, and that goes for food and drugs as well. Like I know I've had, I'm dealing with like addiction issues and stuff like that. So yeah, I say to anyone who, con if you're concerned about someone you know and love who you're, you're concerned about their weight, you're concerned about their health, I would say to you, you're not going to get anywhere telling them because they've heard it. They hear it from themselves mm. daily. Every time they look in the mirror, they hear it. The best thing you can do is lead by example. Think about your own life. Think about ways that you can improve your life, uh, make it healthier. It might be that you're physically quite a fit person, but you don't have a lot of happy social relationships around you. It might be that you are someone who physically um, is in good condition, but maybe mentally needs to you know, do some work. Lead by example. Focus on your own stuff to improve and then share your success with the person that you're concerned about in the hope that you inspire them. And if you do, say to them, I'm going out for a walk. Would you like to join me? You've just helped them go for a walk without it making it feel like charity. Not like I'll yeah. go to the gym with you because that's fucking depressing. Or I'll take you to the gym. <laughs> I'll take you to the gym. Like I'm a toddler and I yeah. need someone. To, I, the thing stopping me from going to the gym was having someone take me. It's yeah. exhausting. Yeah. I was doing it. I was doing um two nights a week with a personal trainer before christmas and i think that's possibly one of the culprits that led to um having a bit of a nervous breakdown well it wasn't a bit of a nervous breakdown i had a nervous breakdown um in old-fashioned terms because they don't call it that, that anymore they call it a menti b now but yeah i think that was part of when i was trying to do something healthy and productive for myself and actually it backfired and I took on too much and that made me feel shit about things like a, a complete failure when what I should have done was you know rather than being yelled at for an hour and my trainer is lovely she's brilliant she's an absolutely brilliant trainer but her ideas of exercise and having fun are different <laughs> <laughs> if she just said to me do you fancy going to the beach and having a kickabout that would have been exercise and I would have enjoyed it and it would have been fine. If she'd have said to me, do you fancy teaching me how to rollerblade on, on the prom? Great, that's exercise and it's exercise in disguise and I would have even, wouldn't have even noticed. So, so I think... You've got to be tricked into it. <laughs> I don't think you've been tricking, being tricked into it. I think it's just doing, finding something that you enjoy that's active and you're not doing it because you need to get exercise you're doing it because you want to do it no totally I, I totally get that i fell down an absolute youtube hole over the holiday and that was watching people make these tiny like dollhouse scenes and these little dioramas and everything and like that's <laughs> the it. most incredible thing i've ever seen and it must is take... it nerdforge you're watching them on nerdforge is one of them and there's a couple more channels actually i'll share them with you um but some of them are just it's so time consuming and you just know like some of these people haven't got that many followers either and they haven't got Patreon so you know that they're making it purely for the joy of making it and it's just so relaxing to watch and yeah so I think maybe doing something like that but yeah always something with your hands so your hands aren't occupied with crisps. <laughs> yes yes but yeah it, it really it really helps to distract yourself so with your new resolution if there is anything that you're really struggling with these first couple of weeks just remember give yourself a break it's supposed to be hard and keep yourself distracted and it's also a stressful time of year isn't it new year i mean there's a lot of people that so you know it, it's easy to look forward to the year ahead and try and make a plan and you know make a checklist of all these things you want to achieve but on certainly on new year's eve as well it's also it can be quite a melancholy time as soon as that clock strikes 12 you're saying goodbye to a year and you could be saying goodbye to people that are no longer with you you know you've left them in that year and you know people can think it's now a life without these people or god that year was hard and i didn't think it would get any harder than 2020 and yet it was mm. what's this year yeah. gonna bring and it's really hard to it's it's really easy to fall into that trap as well but if you are struggling with new year anxiety it's just another day you know it's, you're not leaving anyone anywhere they're still with you you're not you know just because it isn't new year we're not going to have new problems it's just just as much as we might have a worse year we might have a better year have a big 30 this year lads oh my god mate you old crow 
Are you going to have a party? I don't know. Like, I feel like I need to do something, but I'm just too... You like, definitely like, do. My, yeah, 30s, no. my 30th birthday was in 2020, December 2020. Ooh, so we were no. in lockdown. That was my 30th. I, I didn't have a party for my birthday, nothing. We'll have to do a joint one yeah. for you both. Well, we're doing Japan, aren't we, next year? And that's the yeah. end of our birthdays. Big birthdays. I can just see it now. You'll get to Japan. You'll do all of that. You'll get into like your little pod hotels. You'll put your bags down. You'll lay down. You go, oh, I'm done. <laughs> you done, Candy? <laughs> Should we just stay in bed? <laughs> yeah. I love. I, I like the idea that you'll just take full advantage of like all the technology to have as much food delivered to you as possible. Oh, yes. yes. But you've got, to, you've got to go to the Koi Carp Sanctuary. Oh, absolutely. Where, like, I have to do that. That looks amazing. I think before we move on, we should probably explain our lack of fourth member. Um, Super Natty Cat has had a extreme case of a uh, technological breakdown, so unfortunately she won't be joining us. Jupiter, do you have a woman of note throughout history? I do, and in fact, I quickly noted... Do you have the Chinese pirate woman? That is literally who we're going to do oh, today. Yay! I'm yes. looking forward to this one. So, oh God, put me on the, uh, this is me scribbling notes. Uh, dear listener, I forgot to do this until three minutes before recording. So whilst, everyone, like was, whilst everyone was chatting, <laughs> I <laughs> scribbled down some notes. So hit me uh, with those scribbles. Hit me with that scribble so, stick. Pirate, a female pirate, successful female pirate uh, called Xing, uh, Ying Shi. Right, no. Shai Yang. I've got three different names from three different sources. Right. Just how to say her name. I say Shi Yang is what she was born as. So we'll call her that. And she was a really successful pirate in history. So she married, uh, well, she was born in South China in uh, 1775 and later married. And when her husband died, she took over his um, confederation, which was a big fleet. Mm-hmm. And uh, was essentially she was a pirate CEO uh, nice. of this enormous fleet from 1801 to 1810. In that time, she was comparable. The fleet that she managed and she led is comparable to Google for the amount of people that they employed. She employed about forty to 60,000 people under her red flag uh, fleet my god that's how many and the, the, because they were so uh accomplished and um and strategic uh she was a master strategist that she often went toe-to-toe with companies like the east india india company they would go to wars and do negotiations and like well, she had real power behind that fleet and she had real um weight as well once they were finally caught she was able to do a um some sort of a plea bargain that meant that her and her new husband, which was her son, her ex-husband's adopted son. Oh. So she married Keeping her it in the ex-husband's adopted son, yes. Uh, well, she married him. Uh, but it was so that her and her, her husband could keep a lot of uh, fleets. So they ended up doing some sort of deal. So they managed to keep it. But uh, yeah, I thought she was pretty incredible um, for, for what she did there. I probably, if I had done more notes i would have a few ex- examples of some of the stories well you can um you can always put a link in discord as well mm-hmm. so that leads me on to my uh, traditional segue for a little bit of pimping smash that glass is a modern escapers and network production we currently have a lineup of four regular podcasts which includes our main show modern escapism do Dragon's Dream of Scorched Sheep, which is a live D&D playthrough podcast, and Deep Dive Lounge, which is a bite-sized 30-minute podcast hosted by Oodles, and I think its second season is dropping imminently sometime in the near future. So um, mm. that's going to be a fun one to listen to. He does ten, he does the same 10 questions of his guests every episode. Um, if you head over to modernescapism.co.uk, you'll find all of our social links, our contact details, and as I previously mentioned, our Discord, and our Discord is a lovely, lovely, supportive place. So for £7.50 a month, plus free and you'll find all four of our podcasts, plus any specials, ad-free, a few days early, and in our case, completely uncensored. Although we've been quite tame, haven't we, today? We've been very tame. Yeah, we have. We've both been to therapy. <laughs> but anyway, you'll find us as part of the Biggie Bundle on Patreon. So that's at least 11 podcasts per month. And if you're a new listener, 
I urge you to check out our sister podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whenever you usually listen to your podcast. I should also mention, and I never do, we're on YouTube. So if you want to see our stunningly gorgeous faces, but please don't be intimidated because we are just that hot. You can find us it's on gonna YouTube. It's going to be tough. <laughs> it's going to be tough. I'm looking at myself now and boy, <laughs> do I see a ginger haystack. I actually had to dye my hair red to match the rest of the girls. I was getting left out. It's copper corner over here. <laughs> we are uh, a bunch of ginger minges. So our main topic today is being led by Acid Pearl. And I want to know who you brought us. I have brought us, and I'm going to apologise now. I have listened to how they say it, but I may also get the wrong the <laughs> wrong name. It's Naoko Takeuchi. Um, mm-hmm. And she is a renowned manga artist and writer, most famously known for creating Sailor Moon, which is one of my favourites. <laughs> I'm literally obsessed and have been since the 90s. So it just felt right to talk about her. Um, Absolutely. Just because she's done so much, really. Um, so I'm sure, like almost everyone, has at least heard of Sailor Moon, and um, it doesn't need an intro. However, for those that don't know the premise of the show, it's about an average 14-year-old schoolgirl, Serena, um, who becomes the magical crime fighting soldier of justice, Sailor Moon. Um, the antics follow Serena or Usagi and her group of friends who realise they are reincarnated people of the moon, whose duty is to protect the Milky Way from evil. Sailor Moon changed the magical girl, if we will, genre, um, because before Sailor Moon, it was mainly a female protagonist and she'd always have a sort of special ability or be able to sing or, you know, she'd wear like really fancy clothes. Um, but with the ex- expectation that they'd eventually lose it um, to become a good wife or a mother or, you know, it just mm. it, it's not long lived. Mm. So Sailor Moon did change this because for the first time ever she had a solid group of females um, that all actually supported each other and they weren't pitted against each other. They used their power to fight evil and kick ass. Serena would also have for that time like traits that weren't like typically female. You know, she was lazy. She loved to overindulge in eating and she didn't, you know, wasn't really academically excited about school. Um, So that was really nice to see. And she actually, Mm. like Naoko said, um, she made sure she wouldn't have old men tell her how she should write stories for young women. Like she just, you know, she drew on all her things that she'd done in her life and like personal stories. So it was always like women, you know, the girls sharing each other's like stories and gossip and how they'd sort of overcome things together as a group rather than you know, singly. Also, <laughs> Sailor, Sailor Moon's uh, love interest, Darian, also goes to save Sailor Moon in quite a lot of the episodes, but he actually is normally the other way around, and it's normally Sailor Moon then saving him, and it's, like, he's just a good sport about it, and he actually doesn't, like, show that his feelings are ever damaged by this, so that was a breath of fresh air. Um, she also wrote a LGBTQ plus couple with Sailor Uranus and Sailor Neptune. Oh, why did she call it Sailor Uranus, though? Yes, she did. Why did it have to be that? <laughs> but they are very iconic in the scene. Um, a lot of like, people have also said like that was their awakening or just seeing that in front of them was amazing. Um, but actually, I didn't know this, like, you know, because I just watched it as a kid and you don't really think about it. But when they brought it to America and they dubbed it, they were actually strangely close cousins. But most people oh. actually then picked up on it like no there's no way these guys are cousins but that's because back then america was like we're not having a lesbian couple in a kid show and that was literally like they were more comfortable with cousins first first cousins being in love but them gay yeah Yeah. and and yet i think traditionally and, and things are changing but i think traditionally america was a little bit more open certainly sooner than japan has been yeah to um to, to you know same sex relationships and stuff because Japan for all their excellent traits I think they are or that certainly they were at that time maybe a little bit behind when it came to acceptance and mm-hmm. I think a lot of that is portrayed like you said in different animes in the way that women are portrayed certainly but it, it was very rare to find any same sex relationships or anything so she was cer- certainly kind of bucking the trend yeah, just in that sense. so ahead of her time and just literally putting out everything she wanted to put out and not being afraid yeah. to put it out there, you know, it was pretty insane. 
But I didn't know this as well, and I just thought it was a little nice little interesting fact about her because she obviously always wanted to be a professional uh, manga artist. However, in case that didn't work out, she does have a degree in chemistry and she became a licensed pharmacist. <laughs> so she could have been your little pharmacist instead of like blowing up the world with Sailor Moon. Yeah, that's a really good pick. I'm just trying to think. I, I want to say, I don't know if it's the same woman. I don't think it is because I think I would know that she also did Sailor Moon. But I think... Um, the manga artist for Full Metal Alchemist is a woman too. Ooh. I would have to check, but I'm pretty sure cool. that that was, um, it shocked quite a lot of people when they found out that that was written by a woman. So yeah, really, yeah, really excellent choice. Yeah. I do have another lady of note, just a very small one Hit us. to mention. Um, and it was Caroline Marchall. Um, and she actually just won the um, Games Award for... Um, yes yes we know where we're going with this i know i knew that name yes sorry she won the game award uh for impact game with her game as dust falls um also currently available on games pass just so we know and it's a multiplayer and you can play it in a lobby of up to eight people online or locally so i think because yeah i haven't played yet i've seen trailers um and it looks very fun is that the one where it's um it's kind of um, not freeze frame, but like frame. It's not yeah, actually animated. Every... It's just frames, yes. and it's kind of a choose your own adventure. Yeah. So I have seen people say sort of they might have struggled at first, but once you're into it, they just love it because it's just you know it looks different to how most other games look. Um, it's a narrative game that takes you through the lives of two people's families that became entangled when a robbery goes wrong, and it allows you to play multiplayer. Obviously, like I said. So it sounds so like a sort of choose your own adventure. Yeah, and um, Jupiter, you should play that with us because it sounds like yes. it's a game without actually being a game. Yeah, if it's like a puzzle type game, I'm in. But if it's like a shooty shooty bang bang, I think it's literally a choose your own adventure. <laughs> it's literally thing. like I think it'll be the same as when we all played the quarry. I think probably one person has control and the rest of us just get to vote, and then the majority vote wins. So like you, you know, multi choice. We all put it down what we want, and then it goes with whatever the most popular answer was, which I think would be really fun. Um, but she was actually, like, in her 30s whilst pregnant with her second child when she decided to jump from Sony and make her own studio, which is Interior Night, in 2017. And she literally said to her... She just said, like, it just felt like it was now or never. Like, like how incredible is that? Uh, and well, like, that takes some serious balls as well, not only to leave Sony, you know, to, to leave a well-established company and go set up for your... Yeah. But doing it whilst you're pregnant as well. Yeah, if you're second about, you know, child, you're... so you've got two children depending on you. And obviously, yeah, it's just brilliant. I just, yeah, she smashed that glass. She did smash that glass. Good for her. That's, I'm, I'm really glad it worked out for her. And yes, we'll play it. We'll yes, play it. That we sounds fun. It. We'll stream it. I have, I have something to add, and it's not necessarily a woman of note. Oh. But um, Are you I have been in on my episode. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's... I'm joking. Jumping I have jokes. a. I have a game to recommend that I have oh. played. And look how excited you both are. I really am. <laughs> um, I absolutely love my VR. My VR is Gadget's VR. Yeah, um, the VR know, that's in the his, house. His is mine. It's in the house <laughs> and I use it exclusively. <laughs> he doesn't really use it. But I absolutely love it. I've played a lot of like escape room games on there and um, some really other like cool kind of VR games. There isn't a lot of choice yet. It's all still very new, but I, I enjoy a lot of the puzzle games, mm. but probably one of my favorite games to play. And I got for Christmas, a, a little bit of a late Christmas present, the, the second version of the game, um, which I've just played. And then as soon as I finished it, immediately restarted it and played it again. <laughs> That's how much I loved it. Uh, Moss. Have you heard of Moss? I've not heard of Moss, I don't think. So Moss is about a tiny... Oh my gosh, you guys would love it. It's about a tiny little white mouse called Quill. And she lives in a little town or country called Moss. And uh, she finds a piece of glass. And uh, it's very Lord of the Rings kind of vibe. So she finds a bit of glass and it's like a bit of glass that's, uh, that's linked to an ancient power. And then she has to help her uncle who was part of the last time the battle happened and help her uncle to like, you know, get the glass to the right people and, and defeat the big bad. That's kind of the, the idea. And then book two came out, which is kind of the other half of the fight. And I've just finished Booked Her and I loved it oh. so much I've played it back through again. But it's um 
you are a tiny little mouse and you're running through like gardens and you're climbing up walls and you're uh it's just everything's a lot bigger it's so pretty and because it's vr if you look up like there are times where i just stop and take in the scenery yeah. because as i look around i'm like in the alps with like the northern lights above me oh, and so cool. it's 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 beautiful and it's cute and adorable and you high five her oh. give her a little high five oh. to just like a little dance and stuff little after she's defeated something little mouse hands yeah she's so cute and her ears flop as well so when she gets scared her ears go back like airplanes oh. um and it's just it's really cute it's a lot of fun it is Basically, it's Sylvanian families crossed with Lord of the Rings. If you imagine, <laughs> if you imagine <laughs> Lord of the Rings starring Sylvanian family characters, that is pretty much what you're getting. But it's all in VR, so you just sit, I sit on the sofa, and just um, and just play along. But hours will pass me, and I won't even realise. I absolutely love that game. Yeah, so, it is. A, it's yeah. a very different experience playing games in VR. I think it's better for me because i get so easily distracted by stuff in the room that a mm. vr means that i can't quickly look at my phone while i'm waiting for like the next thing to load See, i have I to just be immersed in it it makes me feel and i don't know if it's just because when i did like on candies although like i think you put like a nice little like water dolphin one on but it just makes me feel really maybe because i stood up maybe if i sat down i'd feel better like i just felt so like oh no i just felt so claustrophobic it can be very overwhelming. Mm. I think another reason you might, um, or Jupiter might find VR easier, and this is kind of related to something that I did over Christmas as well, and that's um, that my mum played her and completed her first game, which I'll go on to in a second. But the challenge, and I really wanted to play this game with her because it's one of my favourite games. It's only a couple of hours long, and I thought it's an, it's a nice experience. Um, but the thing that I didn't take into account for was when it said, right, press X to jump. She's then having to look down and see which mm. button X is, or even just like using the right stick to control the camera and the left stick to control your movement, which just comes natural when you're just, you know, you've been playing forever, you know where the buttons are. Yeah. It's an extra step of having to look down and see what buttons are there and finding on with your fingers, because you don't have that muscle memory, finding where it is on the remote, whereas uh, on the controller, whereas when you're doing VR, it's very much centered towards what you're touching in front of you, what you're touching in screen, or you've got the controllers and they have, they, you know, just the one sort of clicker kind of thing. So I think it's a lot more intuitive if you are new to gaming to be able to jump yeah. into VR easier. Yeah. I did get, I did get the hang of it because I played, um, it takes two with gadget. I actually, I finally downloaded it over Christmas because yeah, I wanted it, it for ages. The pair of you have, I want to watch you two play it. <laughs> we will fall out. We will. <laughs> well, it was actually a bit of a, a marriage counselling type moment for, for Gadget and I because we realised, you know, because of COVID, we had spent so much time um, together that uh, throughout COVID we were like, right, we're stuck in the house together. Let's think of things to keep ourselves distracted because we were working from home. Um, obviously, both live together. We don't have kids to distract us. <laughs> so, yeah, it was a case of like, we need to figure out a way to have lives outside of each other. And uh, then we went a little bit too far that way, <laughs> had nothing in common. So we had to come <laughs> back again. And we sort of sat and played that for about a week, you know, after in the evenings together or at the weekends. And it helped with our communication because he would run off because he's the confident gamer. He would mm. run off and go and solve something, but he couldn't solve the puzzle until I got there. But yeah. what was annoying is he solved the puzzle visually and then told me what to do. And I'm like, well, you're, you're sucking all the fun out of it for me. So he had to walk with me. He had to reach the puzzle with me. He had to work it out with me. Um, and him kind of being more patient and me being a little bit more gracious in my inability because i would get frustrated um yeah that was us meeting in the middle yeah it was um it was journey i played with my mum and i thought it would Aww. be the perfect game and a perfect kind of shared experience because it's one of my favorite games and i've said it plenty of times before i'm on escapism and it's only two hours long and you can't really die and it's literally just a case of getting from one area to the next which for a seasoned gamer is simple but it's not when you haven't really played a game before. And yeah, just as I was saying before, just, you know, it's it's learning to be patient with somebody who doesn't know the controls or doesn't know the obvious cues that are in a game to go and explore this one thing. I or... could imagine your eyes like 
burning through because I get that burning feeling sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> you see where that you see where you, that thing's sparkling in the distance, and trying to catch your eye. Does that give you a freaking clue? <laughs> oh. I was trying so hard to be patient with her because I really wanted her to enjoy the experience. And if you know, if you read into journey or you, it's kind of. I mean, it's an open thing. You make of it what you will and you, you translate the things to mean whatever it means to you. So Journey's obviously a different journey, literally, to everyone that plays it. But I wanted to her to pay attention to what was going on and I wanted to, her to know her thoughts about it at the end, which meant that she actually had to get to the end without <laughs> losing focus or feeling disheartened with it. So, yeah, that was a bit of a test for me too. But she actually, she, you know, did she, she did do it. I had to help her with a few bits. Yeah, she enjoyed it. And what I did afterwards as well was um, played her the the theme tune from Journey because it's oh. um, it's all in different languages. It's in Latin and it's in French and Spanish and it's in Gaelic, I think. And it's it's basically kind of the story of Journey. It's a really, really beautiful song, and it's a beautiful game, and it's just, it kind of epitomizes what I love in indie games, and I wanted her to be able to experience it with me, so that she would understand what it is I love about gaming, what what it makes it special to me, yeah. and to be able to share it with her, and just a bit of a kind of bonding experience, and just for her to and understand, you know, understand what's so special about That's it. That's super cute. Yeah, it was really, really nice. You actually recommended that to me during in uh, lockdown and I played it. And obviously you might get random people. And I didn't realise at first it's another player. And we just stuck together. And like honestly, I was just weeping by the end. Cause it was just so like, you know, we were so isolated at that time as well. It's just, oh, it's, it is a beautiful game. But yeah, no, really good. We went off on a bit of a tangent there, but it doesn't matter. It's our podcast. We do what we want. <laughs> but I think what we... It, with our lack of super natty cat, we have an acid pearl doing our feedback for us. I'm sorry, my voice isn't as cute as Natty's. You've got to listen to the babba. <laughs> Can you do a Welsh accent for Why us? Why can't do that? No. <laughs> <laughs> so, it was my week to ask a question for feedback. And my question was, how do you feel about the way women are traditionally portrayed in anime? And is that changing? Um, I've got one from Jack Chambers Ward. Um, and he says, it's a barrier for me for many shows. It's also the main reason my wife won't watch anime. I find the uniquely bizarre combination of prudishness and over-sexualisation both endlessly fascinating and very uncomfortable. Most anime has a lot of progress to make, in my opinion. And I also would agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Oodle says, unfortunately, I feel like women in anime are more or less the same as they were in the 80s. And I'm talking traditional Japanese anime, not the new Western renaissance. Renaissance, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of anime drawn in Japan, written by the West. The nature of Japan's relationship with relationships in general speaks volumes to the portrayal of women. One day it will get better. And it's what you spoke on earlier, isn't it? It's just, they're just behind, unfortunately. Yeah. Xenos yeah. um, says, uh, honestly, I don't watch enough anime to feel like I can effectively judge it. Most of what I've been watching has been fairer towards the female characters, but it's such a narrow slice of the whole that I have no idea what's really going on outside of it. Mm -hmm. um, and we've got a big one for Stig, so here, here we, we go. go. <laughs> oh, well, it's only fair that we give Stig a big one. We'll give you a big <laughs> one, Stig. Uh, so Stig says, I don't watch vast amounts of anime, but there is definitely a subsection where women are too sexualized with huge comedy boobs and bums and drawn for people to just fantasize and simp over. And I find it really odd. What I also find odd, and this is very prevalent. Prevalent? Prevalent. 
This is so bad. <laughs> I feel like I'm that kid reading in English. Why have you made me do this? <laughs> um, within anime gaming. You're going to run home crying am, to mum because you were made to read made in class read. today. Uh, within anime gaming is where they are drawn young and given young characteristics and personalities, but mean, meant to be over 18. I'm sorry, yeah. but even if your character is over the age of consent, having them act and sound like a 14-year-old girl is just really creepy and wrong. I just can't. And bring... 14's one of the older ones. Yeah, they're called lollies, <laughs> aren't they? I think there's an like actual yeah. term for it. Um... From uh, from Lolita. Oh, okay. It's, uh, uh, Lolita is a um, book where the oh, main character yes. falls in love with somebody underage. I just can't bring myself to play anime games because of this. I'm not opposed to nudity in anime. I just think it needs to be done in the right context. I think in Edge Runners it worked fine because of the type of game cyberpunk is and the nudity within the game meant that they could get away with it in the show. But when you're showing Chun-Li naked in the shower in Street Fighter, <laughs> it's just done for... I'm sorry, it's just so funny, isn't it? It's just done for pure titillation and I think it's just weird and pointless. Why isn't Gully hanging dong... Why isn't Gully's, I'm guessing, hanging dong for the ladies in return? <laughs> However, on the flip side, you do get shows like Attack on Titan where, yes, the women are still drawn to look pretty, but they also have urgency. They're strong, mm. they're kick-ass, they have their own character, focus backstories and are more than just a pretty face. Every single woman in Attack on Titan has something to do. They don't just take a back seat in the male leads. Mikasa and Hangi are both amazing characters and when another female character was killed off last year I almost cried yeah that's a really good shout actually I forgot forgot about Attack on Titan Um, he also said then you have anime that's just pure in heart like Studio Ghibli that shows you exactly how to do wonderful young teen female leads without the need to sexualise them basically I think there's an issue of over sexualising women in anime especially in gaming but you can look at stuff like Attack on Titan or Castlevania and find amazing strong women and admire them for their qualities and not feel creepy about doing so. Mm. Well, the, the thing is, um, Castlevania actually is an American show. It's just drawn in the anime style. So, yeah, I mean, it, it depends what you would class as anime, whether it, it has to be from Japan or not. Mm. I think actually um, Studio Ghibli is an interesting one because I would not necessarily class that as traditional anime i would say that's more of a i mean it is it is anime yeah, on the face I of it so. but could you disney anime <laughs> yeah i mean could you really lump it in with things like akira and dominion tank police and sailor moon and stuff it's almost a, a, it's almost a subsection within itself like it's grown and, up <laughs> yeah exactly and that's certainly you know you don't see the female characters with the skimpy with the skimpy outfits or anything in oh. um, in Ghibli, but then you don't see like the action sequences and traditional other anime aspects. Yeah. So I would I would hot take. I wouldn't call Ghibli anime. I think if you were to look into it, I think it's its own it's its own thing. It needs a new name. <laughs> we'll just call it Ghibli. <laughs> Is it not like a Cornish <laughs> Cornish pasty? Where you can't you can't call you can't call it a Cornish pasty unless it's oh. made in Oh yeah, from corn. Corn. <laughs> it's corn. Cool. Um, it's corn. It's has corn. It has the juice. It has the juice. <laughs> Can I imagine a more beautiful thing? Oh my god, I haven't listened to that for a while. Um <laughs> But you can't call it a Cornish pasty unless it's made in Cornwall. You can't call it feta unless it's made in Greece oh. or made a particular oh. way like there are certain protected terms so surely anime is a protected term and unless it's a particular form of cartoon mm. made in japan then it can be called anime but and if an american takes it and makes it in their um studios in america they can't call it anime japanese style term. animation maybe mm. yeah like they can't you know they have to call it salad cheese instead of feta exactly and I don't, I don't care if it's a different name. It's still, it doesn't, it does taste different. I feel like when I have feta, it tastes like feta. When I have salad cheese, it tastes like tofu. <laughs> oh yeah. But going back, I think it was Zenos that said it. You know, it's or it might have been Stig, but whoever said that they're not talking about um, animation that's been based off something Japanese for uh, like the the Westernized version. I think that was Stig. Um, like uh, Arcane. Arcane, for example, is a Chinese IP and 
but it was a western studio it was a french studio that did the animation for it and they drastically changed jinx's outfit from mm. her from her outfit in um in uh, league of legends i forgot what it was called then but yeah she's got you know she she's barely wearing anything and at least in uh in arcane she's got the old kind of uh, capri pants on rather than just like hot pants. Oh, but I love those hot pants on Jinx. This is my problem because I, I mean, I have her there in her pants actually, but you kindly painted some lovely more stuff to her. Um, <laughs> but like, I always say like, oh, I hate seeing it and like, rah, 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 and then I'll play uh, like new Genesis and I'm like, give me all the skimpy outfits my character. <laughs> like I just can't help myself, but that's my but choice. But there isn't a problem <laughs> with that if there is a choice. That's- yeah. You know, if if you've got a choice, all we want is the choice mm, to be able yeah. to wear what we want, not be forced into wearing like the traditional. The the better the armor is, the skimpier the oh, yeah, that's outfit. Bullshit. You know, if you're forced into wearing that, no, fuck you. <laughs> if you're wearing it by choice, or like my character in ESO, you're covered head to toe in big old bulky armor. You know, we got the choice there. We could do what we want, and that's all we ask. Yes. I agree. Um, There's also one from Gadget. Um, So Gadget says, (laughs) For me, I've always thought anime has a weird approach to women. Usually in how they're drawn, designed, writers have been capable of making kick-ass, powerful female characters for years. Look at Major and Ghost in the Shell. But far too often they're drawn to appeal to men, boys, rather than appeal to girls, women as strong role models. then things can just get pervy. The way anime designers seem to focus on making female characters look younger and younger creeps me out, and hypersexualization of teenagers kind of puts me off. For example, look at Anne Takamaki in Persona 5. Did I say it right? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Sure, I don't know. <laughs> She's 16 in the game. In her school day outfit, she looks fine. They dress her in leggings, a skirt, and a jacket top. She looks like a normal teenager. But when they go into the other world for the dungeon crawling bit of the game, they put in a red skin tight catsuit complete with a devil tail, ears and cleavage. It's just, it's just not right. <laughs> There's so mm. many examples within anime, manga and Japanese videos of teenagers or younger being, youngers being sexualized and it just makes me uncomfortable. Which, yeah, yeah it, it's very true. A wild super natty cat has arrived. Welcome back. Hello. <laughs> What's new, pussy cat? So we have one more bit of feedback and then I want to hear your thoughts. So what's our last bit of feedback, Acid Pearl? So Robotic Monkey says, It's easy to look superficially at anime and think that it's all squeaky high-pitched maidens with massive cans who all need saving. But perhaps this is just another example of how the internet spoils everything. Just before Christmas, I sat down with my daughter and we watched Kiki's delivery service. Partway through the film, she turned to me and said, Can I be like her when I'm her age? Because Aww. it's so pure, so that's a lovely one. But yeah. we also did touch on Ghibli earlier, so... But that's yeah. nice to see. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, yeah, Super Natica, I just want to know your thoughts on how women are portrayed. And do you have any thoughts on Sailor Moon and the writing for Sailor Moon? Because we learned earlier that um, it was written by a woman. Oh, I did not know that. <sighs> I, did not that. So I I grew up watching, so my first animes were Sailor Moon, Pokemon. I don't know if you can class Totally Spies, because it was drawn in an anime kind of More way. More just animation, it, but, yeah. Yeah, but, um, but certainly Sailor Moon and, um, and, and, and Pokemon. But even in Pokemon, you had, like, the nurse, like Nurse Joy. Yeah. And, um, oh, who was the <laughs> other one? There was the nurse and the policewoman. Policewoman, had, yeah, like, I was going to yeah. say. And they're very much sexualized in a very childish way in the sense that Brock was always I think it's Brock isn't it was always like running after them and completely doting on them just because they were beautiful um you also had Sailor Moon you had the bits that were like they're done again quite nice but the fact that like all the clothes like fly off I don't know if you guys touched on that um and it was always a bit like eh but uh and then if you sort of flash forwards a little bit you've still got it now so there was an anime that I watched probably about four or five years ago called High School of the Dead. And it's about zombies taking over high school. Mm. And it's, it's, it's quite gritty because it's very, um, I don't know who's going to die sort of thing. A lot like a lot of these survival anime. And unfortunately it's incredibly sexualized. These kids are like 15 years old. There's upskirt shots. 
There's even a naked scene in a bathroom when they've all got their boobs out and they're poking each other's boobs and the boys are trying to look through the door. Um, What was another one? I love Future Diary. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. It's one of my favourite animes ever, but there's a bit when her bikini flies off in a water park and it's all very hush-hush because she just sort of hugs onto her boyfriend at the time because she's obsessed with him. And she's like, don't let anybody see me. But then he's getting turned on because her boobs are touching his bare back. So it's like, ah, so even in, like I, I, someone's Trange, feedback, I can't yes. remember whose it was, but someone's feedback said that um, it's it's very sort of like hush, hush, um, like tongue in cheek. But then at the same time, it's incredibly sexualized. Yeah. So Chobits is another one. Have you watched Chobits? No. It's about. Um... I know, I'm watching Overlord at the moment, and that's been exactly Ooh. the same. Like that's just so full on. I think they're yeah. quite self aware, but there are times even I do just think, oh, yeah, this feels uncomfortable. It's, it's, like, it's yeah, so, so uncomfortable. Ch- Chobits is um, a very very innocent anime about a robot, um, an android who gets chucked out in the rubbish, and this lad who can't afford androids picks her up, and to turn her on. He has to find the button, and oh. normally it's like on the back of the head or on the ears. Let me guess, he can't it... find it. <laughs> well, he does find it, but it's only one place he hasn't touched, oh. and you can imagine which one place it is. He tries the <laughs> places on the boobies, but there's one place he hasn't touched, and it's there. And oh. um, and yeah, it's really dodgy. It's a very, very lovely anime because there's very lovely bits in it. She's learning how to be. And a human, uh, even though she's in a sort of a world run by humans and she's an android, so she gets treated really badly. And it touches on bits where sort of women um, are overly sexualized and she's very aware of that, even though she's an android. But then it still plays into the hands of all the ifs that watch it. So mm. by doing bits like that, they didn't need to put a button there, did they, to turn her on? No. So, uh, so is yeah. It, is it comparable? Because I don't really know anime. I, I, I just it hasn't sort of gone on my radar. I've been shown um, what's the one with the the moon face? Uh, the um, uh, Giblet guy, Studio Giblet. <laughs> Oh, you are like my neighbor, Totoro. my neighbor Totoro, yeah. yeah. The, the um, the, the the one that everyone loves, the one with the Spirited, kind of the, 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 the mushroom ghost. That's it, Spirited Away. Ah, yeah. Oh, no face I, I've as been, well. Oh yeah. yeah. So I've been shown, I've been shown that, and it was sweet. It was, it was quite sweet. Um, and I liked that, and I didn't realize this, but of course, Pokemon. I love yeah. Pokemon. I love Team Rocket. That was yes. that was my. I love Team Rocket, and my favorite Pokemon. Uh, is Bulbasaur. We're going to even look into that next year. It's Bulbasaur. And um, <laughs> uh, what were the other ones? The, the horses with the fly- with the flames for hair. I thought they were quite, kind of really cool as well. Ponyta or Ponyta, yeah. whichever and one you I liked say. Side Duck and I liked like a cheeky, the little chick thing that Misty carried around. Okapi, so cute. Oh, yeah, yeah. Him up there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember all of that. And I, and I suppose, yeah, as a kid, I watched anime because I loved Pokemon. But uh, yeah, I've never really got it as an adult, but the way you're describing it, it does sound a lot like it's kind of like panto for us, where it's it's tongue in cheek, but there's adult jokes in there, but it's a show for children and for adults to understand some like high level jokes. Most so is of it, anime is, it, is, is actually for adults. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, most. It? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not for so children. I like, and I always I forget because like... yeah, you do literally sit there and you think. Oh shit! But you just forget like... this cartoon because it's meant to be innocent and sincere, but with these like slapstick, slightly or overly sexualized moments, it's kind of a bit like you know, like Carry On Camping, which is all kind of really like camp, um, sitcom slapstick stuff. But it's all meant to be quite sincere. But it's like yeah, I can see the you know, the bra flies off. It just that's where I'm kind of picking up the similarities from it. Hmm. I think yeah. the only difference is this the anime unfortunately has a lot of underage. Um yeah, we whereas in like carry ons and... they're always they're adults hmm. and there's no yeah, sense to children. In carry on they're also, you know, misogynistic, racist. Yeah. <laughs> not to say one's worse than the other, but they're not entirely innocent either. Oh, so yeah. I wonder if people are overly critical of anime because it's very obviously exploitative, which I, I agree. I, I see them and go, oh, that looks like a 12-year-old girl with, you know, Katie Bryce tits. It's weird. Um, yeah. So I get that, but at the same time, it's like, 
I'd be interested to like understand more about it so I can understand why it does that. Mm. Or why that's part when of you, it. In in Japan, when I went to Japan, it's it's fucking everywhere. So um like you walk past a maid cafe, which is young women wearing tiny little outfits, nothing on show in the sense that there's no cleavage or anything like that, but they'll have a lot of leg. Um, because in Japan, that bit between your knee and the top of your thigh is like, it's a very sacred area, which is like, you know, where you'd wear your garter when you're getting mm. married kind of thing is very sexy in Japan. And we would walk past a maid cafe and there'd be nothing but businessmen in there. Yeah. There wouldn't be any families. It wouldn't be like you'd see on, um, I think, uh, Paul so Hollywood kind of, goes to one. Is it? Yeah, well, yeah, that's the thing. It's not, they're not advertisers. Hooters, they've they've not got, advertisers being sexy, is They've it? got it's... tight tops on. Nope. They've got their breasts. They might have the under part of their breasts showing. You can see their nipples through their top. They've got mm. really short shorts on. I'm not, I'm not excusing it. But at the same time, I'm trying to find like a Western equivalent because, you know, I, th- I think I, I, I'm was... trying not to demonize it too much without mm. understanding where our Western equivalents are. So on that note, we are done. Thank you for everyone for joining us. Thank Bye-bye. you to my co-host. Thank you for, as always, for all of our feedback. For all of our contact information, go to modernescapism.co.uk or check out the show notes. And we will see you next week for our last show so i want as much feedback as possible and we would love to hear it so see you next episode for our final show (laughs) bye bye